Hi everybody and welcome back to the Payless Movement Podcast. I'm Tom Solid, your host for this show and I'm so excited to talk to Leila Pomper today from Process Driven. She is the ClickUp expert and also expert when it comes to business processes, SOPs and much more. I'm also very proud that she is one of our partner experts inside the Payless Movement community. So if you're one of the members, you can go to her site and you can access a free Getting Started with ClickUp course in there. But now, without further ado, let's dive into this. Here is Leila Pompa. And as the members of the Paperless Movement, you know already, she is one of the partner experts inside the community, inside the membership. Really glad to have her with us because she is the ClickUp expert. And why I'm loving this? And her stuff and her membership and what she's teaching out there because she is so, well, process-driven, as her website says already. And I really <laughs> like this. And I think we will dive a bit about into systems versus processes and things like that. I also want to talk about systemology. I just saw something oh. there and I also read the book. <laughs> so there's a lot we can talk about and maybe also the comparison between ClickUp and Asana. Leila, welcome to the interview. Good to have you with us. And for those who don't know you, maybe you give you a little introduction yourself. Oh, man, I feel like Tom did such a great job of this. No pressure. Sounds prepared, isn't it? It was from the bottom <laughs> of my heart. <laughs> my name is Leila. I run a business called Process Driven. So I started off doing tech stack consulting, started to specialize in ClickUp. And as Tom said, my real focus is helping small businesses view prof process as essential as any other piece of their business. So just like brand, just like, you know, knowing your bookkeeping process is a core business skill. And I'm trying to make that part of the mainstream conversation, sneakily using ClickUp to do that. Yeah. So you just already said, mentioned it, core process or core mm. core business pro business core process and things like this. Yeah. And this aligns very well with the paperless movement vision and mission that we have here. I'm teaching the iCore framework, which is only about these basics. And I think once you get the basics right, you can use any tool. And once mm -hmm. you want to have any tool, then we have the partner experts inside the Pelvis movement like you, who can really teach you everything about this tool. So really glad mm -hmm. to, to dive deeper into this. And let's stick to this topic. Sure. Process versus system. Oh. Is there a definition or anything? Is there a difference? <laughs> There technically is. I don't feel like it's meaningful enough for most people to need to worry about it. A lot of the time we'll use those words interchangeably, even though system tends to be slightly bigger picture and process is a little bit more zoomed in. I think for the purposes of our conversation, thinking about how you do things and doing them intentionally, we can group that into that category. Yeah, a bit more zoomed in. So uh, I just mentioned in the beginning about systemology, a book by David Jennings. He's from Australia and he wrote this book. And it's very interesting because I was on your live stream and we discussed mm -hmm. the E-Myth book, which yes. I said, you know, with the with the book recommendations that you gave there. And I said, what about the E-Myth? And we had a bit of a back and forth there. And now I'm I'm reading Systemology. And he talks about the E-Myth and then that, mm -hmm. you know, that he was even helping them publishing the, the latest version of the E-Myth. So 
a lot of things are also related to the email. How does it come that David comes to your interview, to your live stream and talking about this stuff then? Well, we blackmailed him, Tom. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, we actually are connected through members. So similarly to you and I, we have a lot of overlap in terms of who we serve. So there are systemologists, his program, who are also part of our membership. And it was actually, I think that we have a few members who actually made the connection. It was like, you guys need to talk together because I have, you know, I really like the book systemology. I think it, it, it covers a lot of things excellently, which we talked about in the live stream with David. But there's also some fundamental differences I have with both the e-myth and systemology and just the way that I think we can approach process that to me still feels a little... Uh, Be I would, brutally I would say, honest. Uh, we are just, it's just us two here. So. Oh yeah, no one else. <laughs> it, it's, it's almost like uh, there's certain things about process building that have become so repeated that we just kind of say, oh yeah, uh-huh, sure. And I think some of those assumptions got baked into the systemology framework. So we have some differences in opinion and approach that I don't want to say new school and old school, but they're just different ways that of things that I think find work better for my audience. So we have a bit of a difference in philosophy, but we got connected through, you know, mutual students who were, mm -hmm. you know, my side mastering ClickUp to implement our approach for building processes and on his side, implementing systemology. And there's a beautiful overlap there. But we, of course, had to talk about the differences as well. Yeah. So for all of you who didn't listen to this interview, you certainly have yeah. to check this out between Leila and David. And he covered in his book also the part process versus system. And what I really liked that he mentioned the system management tool that you use there. So I covered a lot of different management tools like knowledge management, task management, and also separating this inside the ICO framework. But I and barely or actually never mentioned the system management tool. And I would call it knowledge management as well, because there is the definition of my systems inside my knowledge management tool. And what I also found really interesting that he mentioned that it should be different. It should be separated, the project manager and the system manager. And that was very interesting because now we go into ClickUp and something we talked about already is... Do you put your SOPs inside uh, ClickUp or knowledge management, which is still, I think it's still a mess or otherwise I missed something, an update about the doc system in there. So what are your thoughts? Yeah. Everything is in ClickUp or do you use any <laughs> other tools as well for those this who don't is, know? Yeah, this is the uh, probably the thing that caught the attention of people who are in both of our communities. I am completely in the opposite position of systemology on this one. You know, lots of respect for the program. I think this is a particular recommendation that has dated itself even in two years mm -hmm. because ClickUp is only three years old. I, I do feel like task and system management can happen in the same place because we are seeing more and more task managers branching into work management, Google Workplace, ClickUp, even Notion, if we want to consider it a task manager, sort of, yeah. it can it is meant to be a little bit more records-based, more like a spreadsheet. It would be silly for us to say you have to have two separate spreadsheets for your SOPs versus your tasks. If yeah. our task managers are functioning more like record management systems, there's not such a sharp difference we need to have. In the book, he's referring to consistently Asana, Trello, I would say the task management of yeah. old. And in those cases, yeah, you start to run into some clashes. But yeah. in my experience, I think I have, fully embrace putting it all in ClickUp. 
Not to say that other tools can't do it better, but the convenience of having it all in one place, that's the biggest hurdle for process work. It's the friction of having to go into another thing. And for me, that friction of having to go to a different tool, it outweighs the benefit of that maybe Notion is better for database stuff, which I would agree. I like Notion more for my personal wikis, but it's the pros and cons. Yeah. And you already mentioned it, Asana. And uh, yeah. just lately, I was thinking about, should I go back to Asana? I mean, I wasn't working eight years in big company, implemented Asana for many teams already, cross-department-wise. So I'm a certified pro when it comes to Asana. I have the certification, mm -hmm. but I don't call myself Asana consultant or anything. I, I would never offer my service to implement yeah. Asana. Mm -hmm. I will stick to this we will pick the tool that works for your business the best and it could be anything. But sticking to Asana right now and why I thought about switching from ClickUp back to Asana is really simplification. So I still feel that, I mean, I'm very tech savvy and I love mm -hmm. tech and automations and all this, but maybe the team doesn't. And it becomes overwhelming and to find stuff. And we always run into issues where people didn't know what to do. I mean, we can set the conventions, go to the notifications. I think that's the best place to be when you open up, click up, go to notification and see what you have to do. And they really have a great solution because you can just work inside notification, everything that you need to mm -hmm. do. You have access there. But in Asana then... I don't know what it is. It is the UI UX feeling that makes it just simpler everything and, and intuitive yeah. for everybody who joins. The downside that you already mentioned just uh, before that is the description section of Asana, which is very basic. Yeah. So there we come to the SOPs not living inside Asana. There I think the idea arises um, that we should use a different system for knowledge management. And ClickUp is getting very close to having proper docs in there. So it still doesn't get there where Notion is because when I compare it directly inside Notion, I just throw in a, a video and it will just become available in there and hosted on Notion and things like that. And in ClickUp, it's not that dynamic and, you know, fancy to, to look at these. So yeah, there are, there are things, but what do you think about simplification in this regards and Asana versus ClickUp in very specific things? Yeah. So I used Asana before ClickUp as well. And I've done Asana setups because actually prior to this, I was doing similarly the best tech stack for you kind of approach um, because it made more sense for the process perspective. And I've used all the competitors as ClickUp. I specialize reluctantly because I do know there's value in using many tools. The reason I specialized is because to me, ClickUp is complicated. It's buggy lately. There are, I could, more than almost anyone I would bet, I can speak to all of the reasons why ClickUp is terrible because I'm in there, I'm zoomed in and focused in on just that tool. But the reason I'm still with it and I stick with it and I still recommend it is because for all that you can do in it, it's worth the trade-off. Not to go back to that, but if you were to go back to Asana, you already mentioned, you'd be looking at kind of separating the systems out. So yeah. for me, I'd rather have a slightly more powerful system that can do both things and disable as many features, as many hierarchy levels, as many lists as I can and avoid having to have that second login or second tool I have to teach somebody. <laughs> That's kind of where it came down to me. for me. Mm -hmm. I picture a team of five or 10 having to teach them two different tool interfaces. ClickUp is hard enough or even Asana could be hard for somebody 
but then to also teach them Notion, whether it's view only or the actual editing access, which they would need to really own a process. To me, the trade-off just isn't worth it. But I do think if you are solo, if you are, you know, keeping things very simple, switching to a simpler tool, Todoist is very popular as a as the yeah. step down of simplicity. That's an amazing tool. And it's so much more polished than ClickUp is. You know, as I was talking to the CEO from Todoist, they just sniped into one thing that they do very well. And this is not an all-in-one solution, but it just yeah, works the best. And this is why I'm so happy that I found Plexi, who are also part of the Payless movement. They allow us to automate the, or synchronize between ClickUp and Todoist or even Asana and Todoist. And if I'm a freelancer working for different companies, I could even synchronize Asana, ClickUp and all these into my mm -hmm. personal task manager. And uh, yeah, that's a complete different road uh, we are going there when it comes to this personal task management. So I try to get everything into Doist actually. So I have everything really in my list. But I want to stick to the teams and what you just mentioned with uh, the trade-offs. So yeah. I think it becomes even more obvious the bigger the team gets or the company gets, what tools you use. So we come to the my beloved single source of truth. And you mentioned I have to teach people a second tool. Notion is a very popular thing and many are using it in their personal lives. So it might be easy. In my team, for example, everybody's using new Notion. So it's not that complicated. But as I just said, the bigger the team gets, it's more unlikely that everybody uses Notion already. And then the problems start. And, you know, that could anytime join another team member who doesn't know Notion. And then we need to have new SOPs, new work instructions and all this in place in order to train them. Yeah, absolutely. And especially yeah. with Notion, because it's so popular in the personal use case, as I'm using it, I use Notion for my personal wiki, second brain style. Oh. And then I use ClickUp for work stuff. And that separation works well for me. But the things that people do when they're building a Notion for personal use, there's some really bad habits around building Notion. I mean, the more I, I watch videos on YouTube and I'm watching the people creating the tutorials and I'm like, that is a terrible structure. I picture a lot of the individual users who, you know, know Notion. And then they come into a collaborative workspace where you have to kind of build it in a way that's consistent. There's and still a curve. And simple. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, There's I absolutely agree. You can go very wild inside Notion and I'd fall into this trap myself so often. And I'm, again, just for the whole website, for the whole membership, everything, I'm uh, applying the KISS principle. I keep it simple, stupid and minimalizing stuff and deleting things that I just think it's even 2% of the whole business that I'm using this thing. So just get rid of it. And mm -hmm. it frees up so much breathing space this way and it's the notion is really the worst when it comes to this i keep adding a new table there and connecting mm -hmm. the tables there and yeah i'm still working on this online course for the notion how to connect these databases and i mm -hmm. still think it's very powerful once you set this up but what i'm struggling with is combining it with the personal notes and the, the business notes and there you start separating things again and yeah it's not as easy so but getting back to ClickUp, so this means you really have everything inside ClickUp. So all your work instructions and all of this. How do you manage your docs in there if somebody wants to find something? I don't. <laughs> you so you I rely actually, on search. Uh, no, I don't do that either. Talk about <laughs> oh. talk about things that need a little TLC. No, 
in ClickUp, I actually have abandoned docs altogether and moved entirely to task-based. So treating tasks as records and rather than a doc page, it is a task, task uh -huh. with quotes. And uh -huh. I've completely switched. It's replicating a lot of what you'd have in a Notion database, but with less customization because they're still locked in as tasks. Uh -huh. And that is how all of our reference links, all of our work instructions, everything that's data is used like that, where a task equals a piece of data. So you're not using docs at all. That's the secret. <laughs> that's the secret. Oh my God. Look at you, ClickUp. Maybe you just get rid of docs and pick up what Leila is doing there with her task. Well, but because I had a similar thought already. We have the databases mm -hmm. there and why don't just use it as a similar way as a notion. So glad to hear that you're using it. But it seems, so you are referencing to these tasks inside your other tasks then? Is that a way you do it? Okay. I am, yep. I'm treating them exactly like a document. I'm just leaning into where ClickUp says the roadmap is heading of having a tasks as item types. So you can have different types of data that's on the roadmap. Last I heard, you might have a better sense than I do, but that's kind of the move It's just the so, task isn't a task. Yeah. So they just get rid of the status then. Basically, or assignee due date, making those fields yeah. optional, just like Notion, where you're starting with a blank slate, yeah. with just a record name. But this was the same thing in Asana. What I never liked is when they introduce Asana to you and they talk about SOPs and templates and all this, they just create tasks for this and it never clicked for me. So I, there I thought, okay, there, I have a task to click, to tick off and it just, there it breaks. <laughs> it's not a dog. I don't want to tick off my dog, uh, a mm -hmm. dog, not my dog <laughs> or my cat, the dog. All the, right. The so, workaround. Yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna say the workaround for that is actually eliminating the status option for members. So you can actually give someone edit only access, don't assign the SOP to them. So they have no ability to change the status of it. So from everyone else, except for me, the creator, it does huh. appear almost like a locked task. When I'm using it, I do see the statuses, which for us are need to create SOP and create it or something like that. And I can use automations to keep that locked in a certain way, but it's surprising how well it does work. <laughs> but that's a good solution, actually. But it's still sad that we need these workarounds where it is yep. so obvious how it should be structured. So it, it shows, again, that the people creating these tools don't work with these tools and the companies where it's actually involved with. And this wonders me because I would expect that they are using ClickUp inside ClickUp. In they their company. Mm -hmm. So they should. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hard because product developers are developers, even if they're developing a project management system. So I think that's kind of sometimes we have to give a little grace because they are great at developing things, which is their core job, but they're serving a product to a group of specialist product managers or product project managers who see things that maybe they don't yet. And I think that feedback loop of communication, it, it's still evolving. They're still figuring out how to work in that yeah, feedback. It's still, it, so it's not it's just loud. Not, yes. And it is still not end to end. I mean, they communicate with the project manager, but what about the project members? Yeah team members working inside this project, they will also look at this in a different way than a project manager does. 
So yeah, it's, and I think the real issue is also that there are so many different ways or forms of companies and work areas and so on. So it can become really frustrating, I guess, to serve them all. It's hard with being so broad. I mean, that's the flip side of having a tool that's flexible, that appeals to a lot of industries. I wouldn't want to be in their shoes. It's tough. I I just realized that there are CRMs for um, real estate, specific Mm -hmm. for real estate management. And this makes more sense because now it's focused on a specific topic and maybe the users are enough to make it worth building such a, a software. Yeah, it's complicated. So what about ClickUp and the future of ClickUp? So I always say, be careful when you switch to certain systems, they are just startups and maybe you lose all your workflows and data. Mm-hmm. ClickUp seems to be pretty consistent and stable or what is your feeling there? Yeah, I would say, I think there was a period about a year ago where it was a real race. It felt like whether ClickUp was going to, they were going to rise to the challenge. Really. It was a Monday versus ClickUp off with Asana looming over and, you know, a few other big players in the task management space. I feel like they've found their footing in many ways. Now I'm not so concerned with ClickUp, you know, disappearing or, you know, falling out of favor. My concerns are more subtle. So I think ClickUp's got some stuff to work on when it comes to reliability, some transparency issues, uh, their own organization that ripples out to the rest of us. I obviously do not work at ClickUp. I'm not officially affiliated in any way other than being one of their consultants. I think my concerns are more subtle with ClickUp. I think it's not that they're going to, the tool's going to disappear. It's that the tool's going to, you know, lose trust or lose you know, some kind of more sentimental connection, which is what has gotten it this far, which is that really committed and inspired user base. That is the stuff that I'm watching for is whether we're going to see a slow steadying or even decline of that kind of faith. Yeah. Yeah. And Evernote, a lot of people switched away from Evernote for note-taking and now they implemented a lot of tools that we will actually discuss with Stacey Harmon in the next interview, in, including a calendar integration. And this nice. is lately a thing because Craft, a uh, competitor to Evernote, they implemented this first, the synchronization between the calendar and the notes, which is very interesting because I see my events inside Evernote, for example. And then I can click on the event and create a node, which is then linked back to the event. So all these integrations, I think this is very useful and ClickUp. And this is now why I still am with ClickUp is the integration. I just realized how powerful the email integration is there. So you can really have a ticketing system in there. Do you use this Mm -hmm. feature? Personally, I do not use the email from ClickUp feature for anything. I've set it up for clients before. It's to me, at least it's a pretty particular use case where that comes Mm -hmm. in ticketing systems comes in and, you know, other kind of application cycles. We're not doing anything that fits that use case, but Mm -hmm. I do know folks who do use it. It's not something that's part of my regular flow though. Actually, when I'm sending out invoices, I'm sending it via email and I'm sending it via um, ClickUp. So I still know that this is still open. And I can, I get the responses and back and forth inside there and everything is related in a team. This is another use case. We have discussions. 
the team can see the email uh, exchange as well and things like that. So I really think this becomes uh, very powerful, this integration as well. So do you oh. use the, yeah, yeah. I, I just realized I actually do use that. I did. I was just thinking Got back. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. We are using the email features more heavily on the hiring stuff I'm happening going on recently. So both in when people initially submit like test projects, we have them email to ClickUp to attach a comment onto it and also emailing from ClickUp for that whole process. That is one of the only areas because I was just listening to you and I was like, we don't really use email in my work. That's I'm spoiled that everything's in ClickUp or in our Slack community. And I really, I'm like barely emailing anymore. But that is one area where we are also very similar to you using that feature. Yeah, and I think we just need to discover these things because we have, again, a single source of truth and even can share this information that is usually stuck inside the email mm -hmm. uh, account. And you just mentioned Slack. So how do you yeah. use actually ClickUp inside Slack? Do you, do you use the integration there? No, I do not. Nope. It's just, yeah. it's just pinging random stuff, I have the feeling. There's not really a use case there, isn't it? For me, the best combination of Slack and ClickUp is picking one. <laughs> I feel yeah. like the line in the sand is very hard to enforce for those two particular systems. So unless you're a very, you know, you've got a strong project management arm, I usually tell people to just pick one or the other. There's really... There aren't a lot of applications where you need both. We're using both because Slack is our community. So our client community is ah, all in Slack, okay. but not using it for our team. Oh, I see. So I, I was talking about the ClickUp integration inside Slack mm -hmm. So and notifications. But what you're just saying is the communication. So you're using ClickUp only for communication and not using Slack? Correct. A, a, to avoid I, that, I, that would be a dream. That would be a dream. But I, I can't do hard. this and I just have <laughs> to stick to my conventions that we talk on Slack about general things that are not a task. As soon as it becomes a task, it should be the comments inside Slack. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And, it's, and it's then really I say, hard. you know, we've been discussing uh, one topic all the time and I should have just put it into a click up and then it becomes a task not saying it via Slack. And then, you know, you said four things over the week and next week I don't even know myself what I actually said. And you said you, I should do this and then you should do no, stick to the task manager. This is really the, the power, most powerful thing of this, using a, a project manager, isn't it? Yeah, what we'll do is rather than, you know, sending a message on Slack, because that's just for like client engagement, when it comes to each other and we're kind of doing that kind of stuff, we create an idea task. Again, thinking of a task as not a task. It goes in a list called ideas. And you know, I just had a task come in there saying, we should double our number of masterminds per month. It was an idea from a team member. She put it in there as the task name in the idea list, tagged me in a comment, and that's where our dialogue went about everything related to the idea of increasing this feature in our membership. And that has worked out really well. Because previously we were doing similar to what you describe and yeah. I was the worst culprit. Sounds like you are as well. <laughs> and I just needed something simpler so that way we could have that task. And if we ever did decide to move forward, all the context, when we drag that idea into the, like the to-do list, it's all there. Because I can't remember anything that happens more than you know a few hours ago. <laughs> yeah, there are actually two things coming up there. One is the idea list. So let's stick to yeah. this one. I started an idea list as well for my videos and I get an idea every few minutes. <laughs> so yep. how do you manage 
not duplicating ideas because that happened to me. You know, I had this three times and it was already in there. So you maybe start searching, but the list is literally hundreds of ideas in the end. So do you start deleting things as well over time or expire ideas, things like that? So uh, there's a few things you can do. The first thing I would do is create a view called searching. That's what I have in my idea list. And the searching view breaks everything out. So all subtasks expanded, all closed tasks, all open tasks. And that gives you one area that you can just type in any keyword and search all the task names. And that's always where I start. So I would mm -hmm. search by the word mastermind to see if we have any other discussions about mastermind. That's my mm -hmm. first attempt. In terms of just the clutter and noise, especially on like YouTube content, it's re reviewing and culling that list on a regular basis. So we have a monthly meeting with each person. So we have two idealists right now, one for kind of business tasks of all kinds and one for content and YouTube stuff. And the marketing gal and I sit down each month and the, the CX person and I sit down each month and the job is to review that list and get rid of stuff that doesn't make sense and propose which ideas we want to move forward with. Yeah. It's manual, but I don't know that there's a better way to to really so, think through it. So do you actually have custom fields to weigh the the idea? So to, yeah, how likely yep. it will be to do this or how much value it will bring and things like that? Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did this on the video list as well, you know, expected impact on YouTube or discovery and things like this. Yeah. And then again, you have to find balance between going too complicated and too many things to fill out in a custom field, keeping it simple. Okay. So, and the, the other thing that I just came up here with your last answer. So you are really using ClickUp for communication then. You don't communicate with your team via Slack. So you're using no. the chat functionality inside ClickUp. So you set up chats in there. Okay. Yeah. So the things that I worry about is that if I would do this, that I don't get connected so easily and quickly with my team members mm -hmm. than with ClickUp. Again, because so many using Slack and they're inside Slack anyway, and they mm -hmm. see a message came up and, and go in there. Whereas in ClickUp, I don't know, is it, pinging on the app on your iPhone or anything like that? Or you have a convention that you don't, you know, you don't care about any of this uh, anyway. Once it's working time, you go into ClickUp and you work and then you go out of ClickUp and you're not reachable. I think we're a little weird in this regard. So from the get-go, <laughs> we've been fully remote, fully flex time. So even it, when it was just two of us, you know, it was work whatever hours, I don't care. And we've stuck to that. So yeah. This is, seems to be strange to a lot of other people. So we must be doing something. Oh, it's, the same, it's the same thing. You know, I don't care as long as things get done. And that, yeah. that's the thing. But this makes it even more. I'm more, even more interested now how you handle this with the ClickUp setup there. I mean, it's amazing when I say it hasn't really been an issue. So when it comes to ongoing tasks, we'll comment in the task. And every single day, whenever someone's logging in, some people log in twice a day. Some people are logging in for one long work day. Everyone's got their own schedule. When they log in, you clear out your notifications. Before you log out, you check your notifications. It's always the place to check for an emergency. So we are basically training people to use ClickUp like Slack in the sense that you want to be you know, checking in on that if you're in a mode to respond to work. But I actually enjoy the fact that notifications are a little bit more to the side. I don't want people constantly distracted because we're in a business where there's most businesses, there aren't emergencies. Yeah. In yeah. our business... I can count on one hand how many actual emergencies there have been for business, you know, operations. 
And we're just not in a situation where we've had many, you know, time sensitive things. I think one time I can think of where I had to, you know, just, I just called someone on the phone and said, oh my God, there's something really wrong. But other than that, the combination of using the uh, ClickUp comments, ClickUp chat views, and just a meeting cadence of once a week or so, like we're able to cover everything that we need to. And I don't think there's been too much slipping through the cracks. And if there is, we just, you know, post another comment saying, hey, what happened with this? And I'm surprised how much of a non-issue it is, honestly. I love that. I love that because it ticks so many boxes that I was recommending for many businesses already. Uh, you know, you're sitting in a meeting. Don't take your notes, everybody, on your notebook. Write it directly into your task manager as a comment so everybody is aligned there, what was discussed and all this. So uh, I, I call it rather the casual discussions or the fun stuff yeah. and things like that. So you have a specific chat for this yep. inside the dashboard then. Do you, you create a dashboard and you have there the chat and other interesting things? Yeah, so we really have one-on-one uh, -on -one chats between myself and each person who reports to me. And then each person, you know, each direct report pair has a one-on-one -on -one dashboard. I'm only involved in the people that I uh, supervise. And then we have some general chats like you talked about. We have four of them, I think. One, in, one general, one for content, one for service, and one for sales, I think. Something mm -hmm. like that. And then everything else, I would say 90% of the discussion is happening on an actual task. So because we're creating that idealist, we have a location for each discussion to happen and notifications kind of brings that full circle. Well, that, that's interesting. So you're recreating Slack inside ClickUp and that was the idea from ClickUp anyway, because I, a while ago I was asking, why don't you just integrate Slack with ClickUp properly? So the functionality of Slack is much more powerful. And I thought, you know, just make the channels and connect the channel with uh, ClickUp and all this. But it already surfaced back then that they really want to make their own chat feature the thing to go for. And having all in one system, that's really sounds very intriguing. So I have to get back to my team and discuss this. <laughs> so I'm really glad that you've been on the interview. Here's so many things that we covered there. And I think everybody listening and watching this on YouTube, go and check out Layla's master course inside the membership. She provided a click up deep dive inside the paperless movement membership. And if you want to really you know, I learned so much from this interview already that I can't wait to to get back to ClickUp. And I already forgot <laughs> Asana. So you really live and breathe ClickUp. That's so awesome. I'm always talking to you. I can't wait to implement this. But before we close this interview, I want to give the members the opportunity to ask any questions in the Q&A. Okay, I think this was, again, an awesome interview here. So many insights and value bombs there. I really like the mindset of Layla. We are very much aligned here. If you want to watch the extended version of this interview, where there's also the member Q&A included, then make sure to join the Payless Movement membership. In there, you can access this. And it is set up with different chapters in there, so easy to navigate through the interview. And also make sure to subscribe to this podcast because every week we will have one of these awesome interviews coming up. Okay, so I catch you up next time.